atmosphere. Heavenly Father, the Bible would refer to us as pilgrims and strangers, the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. They were even considered of whom the world was not worthy. Father, we feel that there's a great call, a great pull. It tugs at us. Lord, it's been many years. We're still here. The world is going into chaos. Father, we just desire to be found in you. Lord, we're here tonight to become better people, better Christians, to better serve you. We thank you, Lord, for the worship that we've had here. Thank you for the specials, the songs, the singing. What a treasure, Lord, in this world to have these things. Lord, we realize that we could not be kept. We would not be where we are were it not that there's a living God. Elijah's God is still here. And Father, we recognize that there's something holding us. There's a pillar of fire. There's something more real than we can even see with our eyes that we can detect from our feelings and senses. We know that, Lord, you're here because you promised you would be. Lord, we want to commit ourselves in your hands, asking tonight that you just come and presence yourself this little while that we gather together. Take our thoughts, our words, our expressions. Take our hearts, Lord. Father, we open them to you, and we commit ourselves to you as a people. May you just hover over us, speak to our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Enjoyed the music and the specials. We're going to turn to the Bible, into the book of Psalms, chapter 24 again, also in Revelations 21. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I want to thank all of those that came up to me after the service and assisted me in my mistakes that I've made in the past, gave me encouragements and quotes where Brother Branham said similar things and told me those things. Thank you. I, I needed that. And then for those of you that pointed out the errors I made this morning, I feel like I can't say anything about that. <laughs> At any rate, we're, we're, we're grateful. You know what? It's good, good to be Christians. We're human beings, aren't we? Amen. Amen. We're good to see you, Brother Andrew and Sister Sharon. I know you're away a little bit. Good to have you back as well. Good to be, to be together. We'll just take Psalms 24, a couple of the verses we read this morning. Verse 3, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, 
who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Verse 7, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. We'll turn over to Revelations chapter 21, and we'll start reading from verse 1. The Bible is the entire expression of the Word of God. God knew when he wrote in Psalms and inspired David what John would write in Revelations. And so he could inspire David and he could inspire John and bring a continuity. There's no God like our God. Revelations chapter 21 verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. We'll drop down to verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. So you think he's going to show a woman adorned in such and such a way. But this is what it said. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. These are the same characteristics that were in Revelations chapter 4 that we read on. Drop down to verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Amen. Amen. There was a time in David's time when the gates were closed to him, but there was a desire for the gates to be open. Here the gates are fully open. The glory of God is flowing. There's a people that are there. In verse 26, And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter in anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, isn't that wonderful? God bless his word. You may have your seats.
I'd been listening this last week to some different messages and had different thoughts in my mind and about the way the service is, and there's always an evolution, and, and God works in different ways, and I'm just a human being, and maybe I go this way and don't go that way, and, but I'm, I always want to be listening to what God is saying, so I, I was listening this last week to Sirs, This is the Time. Um, much could be said about the message. I, I wanted to go into some of that, about the pyramid, the different birds, the bigger birds, the angels that were in a pyramid and in a constellation for Brother Branham. And I think it's a significant message. And Brother Branham would refer to it way back into 1965. Go back to this. And he talks about it. But I just felt after this morning that the Lord slowed me down, or not stopped me slowly, but slowed me down. And so I'm not going to try to preach so much as I want to just share a little bit of this and not be too long. But uh, I'm going to ask you just to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. We've took these two readings, but I want to tie this together with 2 Peter chapter 1. And, and we'll recognize this as very familiar, but I would like to just pray that the Lord help us. You know, I, I think every time we come, we're helped if we're listening. You know, every time you stop and listen to a song, you're, you're taken down, <laughs> a worldly song, rather. If you stop and look at some video somewhere, you're, it, it does something to you, so this has got to do something to you. Verse, chapter 1, verse 3, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. So I'm, I'm following through on the thought of the rise of the king of glory, but I, I want to take this on, on this vein and, and really speaking on being partakers of, of the divine nature, which is, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. So there's a word given, there's a revelation that's given, there's prophecy that's given, but it's not just words to feed our intellect, but it's actually to ingrain the fabric of the Lord Jesus Christ into us. And he says, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence. Now, I'll just refer to this a little bit, but I'm not going to teach so much on this, but I want to refer to it. Add to your faith virtue. So faith is the starting ground, the, the base. And add to that virtue and virtue knowledge. And beside, and, so, and, and to knowledge temperance. And to temperance patience. And to patience godliness. And to godliness brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness charity, love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, 
Give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fail. Now, I'm, I'm, I want to maybe um, refer to something. And, and in 1962, this is in, in October of 1962, Brother Branham spoke a message, The Stature of a Perfect Man, as we refer to it. He actually gave it a longer title than that. And then, scarcely three weeks later, he spoke a message called Blasphemous Names. But the first part of that message he related to the first message, that stature of a perfect man. If you ever listen to those, and you do, listen to them both together, because there are some key things. And I'm, I want to just take for a moment, um, because we're, we're in a building, there's a reason that we come to service every day. You know, it's not just that we're saved and that's it. That's all we do. No, there's actually God is preparing a people, adorning a people, uh, shaping and making a people in his own image, bringing us to what he wants us to be. You know, if, if we could put the picture of, of Revelations 21, it's not that we just live here and snap, we're just changed and we're over there. It's actually a process that happens here and we move into it. And, and how often would Brother Branham say, he says, the only thing you'll take with you is your character. And your character is something that becomes ingrained, something that becomes a part of the fabric of your life here, your Christian walk. It's, it's the very thing that actually God's desiring to bring out of you. And so it's, there's a difference between anointing and character. You can be anointed and do great things, but the anointing goes and, and you can fall into something else real quick. But God's anointing has come to shape and form something in us. Brother Andrew took, took a message several months ago and, and, and just... How, and, and Brother Branham would say it, how Jesus went, the anointing left him in Gethsemane in the garden. And he went to the cross strictly on character. Strictly on the word that was written for him. So we want to be able to have character. Because there's times you don't feel the anointing. There's times that you don't feel like doing and saying something nice. You know, somebody's, Stabbing you in the back and you're just smiling nicely. That's not easy to do. But you know, by the grace of God, we saw it shaped in a prophet. Where, where his, his continual, the higher his revelation went, the greater the character in the vessel that was carrying that revelation. Now, I, I want to, maybe if you can put that power up point up for me, Brother Dan. And I'm, I'm not going to have a lengthy PowerPoint. I actually just got one or two pictures I want to show you. But I, I want to use this because it, 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 it sort of embodies the scriptures that we've taken. And, and we're all familiar with this. That may not be very clear. But I, it's, it's, it serves out of the message Brother Bram talked, the stature of a perfect man. And there's a pyramid that goes up. You know what? I'm going to go to the next one. That might be a little clearer. I don't know if it is. Is it better? No. No? Okay, I'm trying this one again. So, anyway, use your interpretive senses here. 
But on one side, he refers to all the church ages, starting from Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Smyrna, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. The seven church ages are a part of that pyramid. And on the other side is the messengers, Paul, Irenaeus, Martin, Columba, Luther, Wesley, and, Bre and Brother Branham. So they are all part of this pyramid. And it refers to, as Brother Branham would say, the building of the building towards a bride or the body of Jesus Christ. He said this, he refers to this pyramid and he says, this is what it takes to become a servant of Christ. Christ builds his church in seven church ages. His bride, a person, a woman, a church, and seven church ages constitute and make that bride. Some out of every age coming all together, shaping it like a pyramid. So what he does in the very beginning, the whole foundation of the Alpha Church, the Omega Church, which Paul was the messenger, was faith in what God did. That was the foundation. Without faith, you weren't going to go anywhere. Now, it, God poured in a measure of faith. And, and I'm, I'm using that word for a reason. I'll come to it. But he says, God poured in a measure of faith in that age under a lion anointing that was a boldness, that they would stand up to, to the not only the Jewish religion, not only the Roman political system, but they would go out with the boldness of a lion. That was faith as a building block moving forward. So it was part of the age. It was part of what God did. But he would go beyond that, and, and Brother Branham would, would just refer to these one by one. And I'm, I'm not going to, again, dwell so much on them, as I'm just trying to bring uh, an, em an, an emphasis to this. So he said, God building in seven church ages a bride for Christ. And if, if the bridegroom came in the first watch or the seventh watch, all the virgins were awoken. So the virgins of Ephesus, uh, and he would refer to every age right down to Laodicea, in the seventh age when he came, it awoke the virgins in every age, he says. He says, through the ages, he's been building a bride, born a bride, begotten a bride on earth for Christ. You know, we, I, I don't want you to detach yourself from this and say, okay, that's what we believe. It's somewhere else. I want you to put yourself in there. I want you to be a part of that. I, I, those brothers that, that were there in the early age that were under Rome, those were my brothers. I'm a part of them. Those brothers that went and, and they, they gave their lives. They were in prison. I'm a part of them. They're a part of me. We're part of this pyramid. We're part of the whole thing of God. Don't detach yourself from it. And, and, and I, I, this is also meant in a broader way as far as the ages, but it's also personal. So I, I need you just to, 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 to think about it this way. Now, so Brother Bannon would talk about it and, and, and would, would share... That's what all of those ages are. But associated with these building blocks of time, these messengers, the word and the doctrine that came from them was actually attributes that came from Christ himself. They were a part of his person. They were a part of his glory. He had faith. 
He had virtue. He had patience. He had knowledge. And he didn't want to just keep it to himself. But he desired to pour it out into his body. In the world, they'll control you by what you don't know. They, I, I heard a story how the, the plantation owners would keep the slaves in line. You know, they had the slaves in, in, in time. And he says they would keep them in line by getting them to keep fighting with each other. And as long as they kept fighting each other, they couldn't recognize the opportunity in front of them. Uh, the devil's no different this day. We have opportunities that Enoch never had. So, so in, 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 in this whole building block, there, there's attributes of Christ that were there. Christ had virtue. He had, when, when the woman touched him, coming on the road, she touched him, and a big crowd of people, she, 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 the prophet would say, she maybe just touched his garment, she didn't touch him personally, but what really touched him was her faith in him. And when she did that, she was looking for a withdrawal of virtue. And, and what if it wasn't there? And the prophet would share about a bumblebee. And a bumblebee would, would come to a flower and it was desiring some nectar or something. What if there was nothing done? Insufficient funds. No virtue. Nothing good to hold on to. So, so what, what's God doing? He's not just elevating us in terms of knowledge and in terms of understanding and in terms of, yeah, I got it. You know, and, and like we go to school, I got all the textbooks, I got all my notes. You know, I had a daughter who went to school, and, you know, and, and, and now the sons follow, and they, they'd want to get, how was that test? How was that exam? Well, it, it's not just like that. It's actually imparted to you. It becomes a part of your fabric. So virtue actually becomes something that's in you. And, and, and Brother Branham would talk about it, and, and he would say there's, there's, sometimes we don't even know it's there. But as you're feeding on the Word, Listen, I, I, was, I was talking to a brother, and we were just talking about what this message does when it's washing us and watering us. He was sharing with me. He came from a Christian background, and he said, and they always believed in capital punishment. He said, that, that's it, capital punishment. You know, he says, somebody does something like rape somebody or murder, they deserve the death penalty. That's it. They came to the message and they heard Brother Bram said, no man has a right to take another man's life. Uh, that, that didn't work, that didn't go over very good. And he said, it, uh, it's part of the making the belly bitter when you eat the word. But when you eat, when you come to this, what are you doing? You're dying out to all your ideas. I'm dying out to my ideas of religion. I'm dying out to my intellectual learning, to everything that the society tells me. For what? To take on Christ. And he said he would just begin, you know, he, he, he would do that. And every time Brother Branham came to that, he, in, a, in a message somewhere, oh, it just kind of hit him. Fine, you know. And, and he'd listen to the news and somebody was going to be, and, and there was a part of him that would do it. And, and he says one day, it was a few years later, he's listening to the news and it's about this guy that's going to get killed and it, because he committed a crime and he's going, my, they shouldn't do that. And then he caught himself. What happened? He said, I was washed by the water of the word. It was changing my thinking. It was changing my, my brain, the diagram of my brain. 
They say people that have never seen, that have been blind, never been blind, they, or they've never, never seen but always been blind. And he says when their eyes are open, whether it's by surgery or a, a miracle or something, there's two parts to the seeing. Because he says, number one, when they see, they see things for the first time, but their brain has never recorded what depth perception is. It's never recorded what that is and gone into their memory. So what they call the algorithms of the brain have never adjusted to the input of that sight before. And so their brain still hasn't adjusted, and it takes a considerable process to be able to get them to see. And if you remember the story of when Jesus came to the man who was, who, uh, was blind, and he went and he did the most unsanitary thing we can think of. He went and he spit on the ground, took a little bit of clay, rubbed it on his hands, and put it on him. I'll tell you what, the World Health Organization would have something to say about that. They'd have something to say, you're going to promote another virus coming out. No, it's... It, but listen, he did that, and then he asked him, what do you see? And he said, I see men like trees. And then he touched him again. What was the second touch to get the, he, the, the brain to work the right way? Friends, you can come out of the world. You can have a salvation, but you need a washing by the water of the word. You need the, the, this, the wedding garment to be put on you. Now, don't try and put the wedding garment on unless you got faith. Until you got an experience. I mean, I, I, I'm going to share my heart a little bit tonight. I showed those pictures of all those people this morning. And really, there's very few of us that can identify with that kind of a life before. Because there's many people in the church here, young people that have been raised in the message. Oh, those people. How could they? You know... I'll tell you how they could. It's easy. Just go down that road. But at the same point, we might not look like that, but our spirit might not yet be where it should be. We might match the motions in outward dress, say the right words, do the right things, but until the spirit of God comes in, you're not yet in the image of God. Brother Ed, are you trying to de-Christianize? No, I'm trying to help you. Now let me share what Brother Branham would say about this because he talks a little bit about these, these different virtues. I'm taking it off so I don't get your eyes all blurry because then I'll have to pray for your healing. So he says, now he talks about all these steps. Here's what's wrong with the Branham Tabernacle. Now let's just say, here's what end time message tabernacle has. Can we say the same thing? There are two different kinds of faith. There are two different kinds of virtue. Two different kinds of knowledge. Two different kinds of temperance. Listen to how he says it. One thinks it's prohibition. Touch not, drink not, eat not, do, see not. That, that's prohibition. You raise your children like that, whether it's a German background or Ukrainian background, whatever it is, you know what? It doesn't matter, but you can raise them in a religious background. Now, when they're young, you have to be their Holy Ghost. But you're constantly teaching them to recognize the nature of Christ. 
to recognize the moving of the Spirit, to recognize that prayer is not just mechanical. Singing and worship is not mechanical. It's from the heart. It's let God move upon my heart. Friends, I need you to listen tonight. You're a young person, wherever you're at. Without that, it's no good. Without that touching your heart. One thinks it's prohibition. That ain't the kind of temperance God's talking about. It's that ungodly, uncontrollable temper you got and the things on the side, fast, back, fuss. You know, he says, that's not what he's talking about. Patience and so forth. There's a mockery of it pretending to be a nature-given faith, a nature-given virtue, a nature-given temperance. All these things are nature-given. Brother Adam would talk about a Pharisee was an actor. A Pharisee was one like a peacock that stuck feathers in themselves to try to show themselves to be something. But literally, they're actors. Now, Brother Branham would come and he would, he would make a statement and he would, he would just talk. And he gave an example. And he says, now you might say, I sure don't like Brother Neville. I sure don't like Brother Jones. I don't like, you know, and, and we say that because, you know, they just rub me the wrong way. You know, I, 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 I can't, you know, it's, it's funny, the little things that just get on us. I, I can't stand the way they'd say this or do this or talk about that. I can't stand their coffee breath. I can't stand the way they have this or they put too much cologne. I can't, and we can get, those, get that way. That's human nature. And he says, now, now that's natural. But he says, but let something happen to him. That brother, he said, and your heart is broke. It nearly kills you. So we can obtain brotherly kindness and feeling for each other. We need to cultivate it. I I believe that we need to create atmosphere in our homes for these things to grow. So so it's not just, okay, we got to do devotion, 945 to 955. Devotion, everybody line up, get in the room. We're going to pray, we're going to read. Out you go, off to work, do this. What good is that? Amen. I mean, it's good to have discipline, but really? And you say, well, that's German way. Well, it's true, but it's not necessarily the best way. That's not, not, that's not the way we're trying to follow here. Why do you care for that brother? He says, because you broke bread with him, you fellowship with him, you shook his hands, he's your brother. He might do something in the flesh you would disagree with because you kind of stay which you oughtn't to do, but you shun him a little. In the bottom of your heart, if something happened to that brother, it would nearly kill you or that sister. Now there, so he's t- making a distinction. There's an outward. If we live by the flesh, we live in the flesh, we, you know, we'll miss that. And, and even Jesus, we don't know Jesus after the flesh. We know him by the Spirit. And how do you know one another? By the Spirit. So he, he's bringing this distinction and, and he's talking. Now, in, in this message, blasphemous names. And if I can just take this for a moment. And if, if you have an opportunity to listen to these, I think it's good. Because, you know, sometimes we preach, well, it's not intellectual. But Brother Branham takes this one in here, knowledge. He says, it's good to have godly knowledge. 
It's good to know what the Bible says about something. It's good to hear what the message says about something. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I can listen, and I, I appreciate every minister brother that we can share a quotation with, that we can hear services, that we can hear it. But I'll tell you, there's a time when I just need to put that voice on. I need to hear Brother Branham speaking. Why? There's a voice behind that voice. And I'll tell you what, it does something for me that is, is, is I can't explain. And I say, that's what Satan wants to keep you from. I, I, listen, this is maybe like just a little talk tonight, but I'm, I, 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 I need to just, just, just share this. Friends, it, it needs to become a fabric. So in all of these... Now, this is what God poured out in that age. He poured out. Now, it wasn't that he didn't pour out faith in Luther's time. He did. But he poured out faith plus. Brother Harold and I were just talking the other day, and, and we were just talking how even the young people that catch the message, they catch it quicker than we used to. Brother Harold, you and I are in the same category now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming up to a, a landmark birthday this year. So, anyway, so it... They catch it quicker. Why? It's the season of it. And, and in the season of it, it, it's not just catching the revelation. It's also the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit that comes out of it. You know, Abraham was told, told of God, leave your kindred, leave everyone, and go where I tell you to go in the land that I tell you. He took his father with him. Until Abraham fully obeyed, God never revealed himself further. And until we actually can bring our character in line with the revelation, God holds it back. You know, you're not ready for that revelation yet. You're not ready for the revelation of the spoken word. Why? Because you'll do it to do some bad things. Yeah, the guy that cuts you off. You'll just speak his tires out of existence or push him into the road or do something. Yeah, you'll do it. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, it's, it's the, the guy that, that you know, the, nah, I, I better not go here. because. <laughs> oh, my. You know what? God's building this. So, so virtue is there. Knowledge is there. Temperance is there. Now, there's a natural side to it. You might be born with patience. But we want godly patience. Nothing wrong with the natural, thank God. That may not be your shortcoming. But maybe you need faith. So, so if you look at all of these, they're all evolutionary. Temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness. Now, look at where brotherly kindness is. Now, I, the Lord willing, I, I wanted to bring this to the last great step. And, and that's in here, and that's part of the message. That's not where I'm going to go today, and I'll, I'll, I'll work towards it. But So the last age is brotherly kindness. This is the Laodicean age. This is where Brother Branham was. Now just, just hold that image without looking at it. Your eyes get blurry. I'll turn it off. In this, in this thing, Brother Branham would talk about a sister that had a dream. Now, these dreams were significant. If you actually take what time is it, sirs, there was six different dreams in the congregation. And they all led to the same thing. And then Brother Branham had a vision. And as he had the vision, he says, I don't know what it means. 
But yet he already was building the platform for it by six dreams. And the vision was there. And he says this in, in the message. He says, now, if it's scriptural, it can only be interpreted by the scripture. It wasn't Brother Brenham. He asked questions and people think, oh, he doesn't know what's going on. The Holy Spirit knew and was leading him. He wouldn't refer back to it. He said it's got to be interpreted by the Scripture. i got to stop from preaching it because that's what I really wanted to get to, but I'm gonna, I felt to stop here. So in this, in this message, Brother Branham would say he's talking to a sister in the church, and her name was Sister Shepherd. And I, I'm, 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 I'll just share it the way he said it. I'll read this. Just bear with me while I read this. She dreamed she was in a mountain. She shares this dream with Brother Branham. And she, she catches this dream as Brother Branham, just after he's preaching, the stature of a perfect man. So now three weeks later, he comes back to it in blasphemous names. She dreamed she was on a mountain. And so we're talking about a pyramid. And, she's, and, and it's like this. She dreamed she's on a mountain, and at the top, there's a rock box. He says, like a framework, right in the top of this mountain. And her husband was just behind her. He was a large man with work clothes on, sleeves rolling up, bailing the most pure water she'd ever seen, and pouring it into this box. And he said... And this rock box would not hold the water. And it rolled in out of there and just boiled up all the trash and sticks and everything in there, boiled it out, rolled down the mountain. It rolled over her feet and she was standing right in that stuff, only it didn't stick to her. And when she asked why the box didn't hold it, the man said, that's not water, that's the Holy Ghost. Nothing will hold it. And he went back and got another big bucket, and it was full of honey, and he poured the honey into the box, and he said, now this will hold it. And he says, and she thought that box was a rock box, was going to burst out and spill the honey, but it didn't. It held together, and it stuck together, and the mount, and the water was poured into it. She went up. Went down from the mountain, going down from the mountain, she stopped at the bottom and looked back, and there was five streams of this pure crystal water, not contaminated by the things that it had shown, pure and clear. It slowed up, it was fading out. She wondered if it would ever reach the bottom, bottom and she, then she woke up. So it's just a dream. But Brother Branham says, oh, as soon as she said it, I saw it. God showed him. And, and it had significance. Now, remember, this was all building up to what time is it, sirs, and the seals. Friends, we, we want to take, we want a capstone ministry. Because there's got to be a completion. Yeah. Enoch's pyramid was never complete. God held off. Adam's bride in the Garden of Eden was not completed. The, the, the fullness was not completed in, in the image that God was wanting. But it's going to happen in this day. The capstone's going to come in this day. But it's going to come in a right way, in a right foundation, in a right way. 
Why are we here so long? Because God's working on us. He's working on me. He's working on you. Never be weary. Brother Edward, we hear similar things and sometimes we find it so easy to turn it off. If we could see, I, I, I'm just going to take my jacket off for 15 minutes because that's all I'm going to be at. Those images that I showed you this morning, how did those people get that way? They were under the influence of something. It didn't just happen that they got into a party and that's how they came out. No, it started with a drink, with a little bit of drugs, with a little bit of something. It started with some wicked influence and that's what it brought them to. How are we going to be the bride of Christ? By feeding on the word of God. Friends, and, and I, I can't help but going back to the message, but Brother Adam had, he, he had this big crowbar, this iron, and he chopped the top of this mountain off, and he says, there was, there was something open to the people, and it said, light has never shone on this before. And he told the brothers that were with him, stay here and look on this. And he says, and he walked away. And so he went away to the west. And he says, they stayed there for a while. And after a while, where did Brother Brown go? And they walked away. Did they stay watching it? We need to stay watching it. There's something that's associated with this. If we miss it in the ABC form, we're going to miss the things that God's doing beyond that. Stay looking on the message. You might say, well, I, I feel like I've got a measure of temperance, but I know if i got the Holy Ghost. Well, stay with it. God will bring it all together. So he says this is the interpretation of the sister's dream. She was bothered about the Holy Spirit. She saw the rock box on the mountain, which means rock means confession. The rock in this Latter-day Pentecostal church which has received the Holy Spirit, they did at the first. All down through the ages, they received the Holy Spirit. Now, Brother Adam would say, Luther was a move of the Holy Ghost. So it wasn't that they didn't have it. They had it, but were building to a bride image. Friends, we're not just here to say, I'm in this church and that's good enough. God's actually forming something. God's doing something in us. I, I desire, I'm, I'm grateful for the movement I see in the body. I'm grateful for our young people. I'm, I'm grateful for, for, for the ministries. And I'm grateful for, for the, the different offices. I'm grateful to see God moving us. Let's keep that. And he said, so, I, I need to move this on. So Brother Adam is talking about the interpretation of her dream. He said, in this church age, the message is being poured into the church, just like it was in every day. And the tabernacle, will say, which comes to the church, the tabernacle, this tabernacle, the, the Branham tabernacle is not a Holy Ghost tabernacle. But we are tabernacles. So the message is being poured into tabernacles. Not anti-message tabernacle. Tabernacles that attend anti-message tabernacle. 
He said, individuals that come in this church is Holy Ghost tabernacles. The tabernacles contain the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, but not the church. It runs out. So he says, this is the interpretation. The man who was pouring the water was the messenger to the church. Pouring the message into the church. But what was the water doing? It was boiling all the trash that was in it. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It boils it up. Now the honey represented the age, which was brotherly love, brotherly kindness. He says that's the age we live in. So if you don't have brotherly kindness, you can't obtain or hold the Holy Ghost within you. You know, I, I, I trust we can see this is a supernatural message. Let me, let me just share a couple things with you. Brother Jason Watkins shared a clip with me. He didn't realize it. But a man came into his church who is anti-message. Has all kinds of posts and all kinds of uh, things against it. He sat in the church and by some kind of an evil spirit was trying to disrupt the service. And he was fidgeting. They actually had a camera on him. The deacons knew. Brother Jason didn't know. He's preaching the word. And this man thinks he's going to interrupt the service anointed by a holy, by a demon spirit. And as Brother Jason's preaching the word, within 15 minutes, this man gets so uncomfortable and leaves the building. The Holy Ghost is greater than anything else that we have. The Holy Ghost is your ally. When the devil comes, he'll come above you. Brother Danny Steeman was sharing. He, he was going through a struggle in the church and he didn't understand what it was. And his wife had a relative who was a Catholic, and she tells, she says, I had a dream. You tell Brother Danny that there's two witches attending his church. And he goes, why would God tell it through a Catholic woman such and such? Brother Ron Spencer is on his tractor one day in the yard, and he says, all of a sudden, God speaks to him, call Brother Danny and talk to him. And he goes and talks to Brother Danny, and he says, Brother Danny, there's a, there's a, there's a spirit of witchcraft in your church. And Brother Danny says, what do I do? Don't, you don't think the devil's real? The devil's real. But the Holy Ghost is also real. This is not just words and games. This is greater than that. And he shares something, and, 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 and God speaks to Brother Danny, and he just says, just leave it, just wait, just wait, just wait. And on Christmas Day, which is his birthday actually, God inspires him to speak a message. And in that message, those spirits were driven out. Now, you don't think we need the Holy Ghost? We need it. Words are not enough. We need the real thing. We need the goods. This last week, Brother Tim Pruitt shares the story of a young girl that was in and out, in and out. She wasn't in church. She wasn't in church. And then she came in, and God started to speak to her. She started coming back. She started streaming some of the service. And she had an accident where she bruised her foot, and she had to go on blood thinners. And she's on blood thinners, and she's at home because there was a danger of a clot. She's at home talking to her mother, and all of a sudden a clot strikes her heart, and she falls over dead. A 21-year-old, this last week. Now, that might seem strange to you. But that, that girl had an up and down life. Maybe in the moment that she was close to God, he took her. Now don't you count on that. 
But I'm just saying, it's serious. Don't just allow service by service to pass you by. Don't allow these things just to pass. There's something happening. There's something moving. God is here. He's here tonight. He's here every service. If you can tap into it. Sorry that's graphic, but that's truth. That's reality. Actually, in this very message I was reading tonight, that's why it came back to me. Brother Brown refers to the scripture. You all know the scripture. In one of his meetings, he says there's a woman shadowed to death. They took a picture of her, and in the picture, there's a black hood over her. And Brother Brown says, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Now, we can't see that, many of us, because we don't have that gift. But it's just as real as you think it is. Now, we're in church. We may not fulfill the pictures But I'll say there could be some hanging in the balance. And I'll say this, God has a time and a season. I'm not trying to make you scared. I'm just trying to say be serious with God. This is not a time to play around. God's speaking to you. Listen to what he's saying. We've got to move higher. We need the real thing. We don't just need words and intellect. Oh, that's that's there. All I'm trying to convey is connect the dots here. Don't put yourself outside that tabernacle or that pyramid. Put yourself inside of it. These notes are completely different than I had when I, I started. But I'm just saying, this is what I felt the Lord was leading us to. So he said, the man that was pouring the message into the church was the messenger. Boils all the trash. And he says, now, each one of these ages had a rock confession. And it said they were sleeping, they were waiting, waiting until this age. Okay? And he says, soon the Holy Ghost being poured out from Christ will come and will seal up the church. The church will be raptured. It will be a complete unit of God, a bride for Christ, who will be the head of all things. He says, now, in the dream, Sister Shepherd was wondering, would this little stream ever make it to the bottom? It was drying up, drying up, and she's wondering, do I have the Holy Ghost? And he says, the fact that it touched her, Sister Shepherd, is you do. And Brother Brandon begins to talk to her and counsel her, Sister Shepherd, look at you. you. You're hospitable. You bring people into your house. That's brotherly kindness. Look at the things you do. You do have it. God is pouring it into you. You're a part of it. Oh, friends, uh, how we need love. How we need not just brotherly love, but we need the love of God. The capstone that's going to come down. It's not going to be what we manufacture. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's got to descend on us. And, And the devil will take any little attitude and any little thing, and he'll try to wedge in it. Let me share this just to be open with you. He'll use a misunderstanding between two people. And he'll amplify it to be bigger than it really is. And and so we need to be just real Christian, Bible-based believers. If you think somebody has an ought to you, go to him in in a right spirit and say, listen, I, I feel like there's something. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it isn't. But if it is, would you forgive me if it's something I've done? Oh, brother, thank you. And you know what that does? It just brings something of God. In, in, in the message, Christ the Mystery, you know, as deep a message as it is, the things Brother Branham says, what was the first things that he did before he started that? He says, now, he says, be kind to one another. 
say nice things to one another. Well, you think he's just saying that just you know, to make a nice intro to a service? He's saying, don't let cliques rise up. Okay? In other words, don't just cl- be clannish, he says. Now, there's nothing wrong with, with, with having a friend that you're closer to than other friends. And there's nothing wrong. But he says, don't make it where it becomes an ought against another person. And he says, and there's a time and a place. And on the other hand, if you're, if you're not in that, don't worry about it. Just be a Christian anyhow. Don't, don't, let, listen, let God be God. And just keep a right attitude one to another. Don't let the devil drive a wedge. Husbands and wives, he'll try and drive a wedge in there. Some little thing. And, and oh, this, and she did that, and he did that, and Don't do that. At the end of the day, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Be real, be genuine. Love one another. And listen, if you listen to some of the closing prayers of Brother Branham in those last three years, many times in his closing prayers, he'll say, now you be real good to one another because the coming of the Lord is at hand. What does the Bible tell us in Matthew 24? If my servants smite one another, if they start carrying on a wrong way, they start doing a wrong thing, it's actually got to be a tangible thing in our character. We're molded and shaped, not just by ecumenical feelings, but by the Word. Oh, I want the Word to rule and govern my life. Well, I had a whole bunch of scriptures, and I'm not even going to get to them. But that's okay. I, I, that was what I felt the Lord spoke to me this afternoon. And so, true to my word, this is the end of 15 minutes. And I just did one page of three that I had, so just let's leave it there. Is that all right? I think sometimes it's good just to stop right there. Can you, if, you, if you get a chance and you get back and look at these messages, there's, there's something God's desiring to impart. We actually have opportunities to be partakers of his nature, of, of everything he is. That's the glory. This, this pyramid that you see here, it's only the foreshadow of Revelations 21. Oh, can you see that? That's where we are. I'm identified in that. Let's stand together. Didn't even read all the quotes, all the different things. But you know what? That's okay. I just want to give you an admonition from my heart. I'm going to need you all to pray for me <laughs> while I'm gone. But let's just, let's just sing a chorus or two unto the Lord, and, and then I'd like to have a word of prayer with the brothers before we, we leave on the, on the trip. But you know what? Uh, let's let's just, just sing a song or two unto the Lord. Let the worshipers arise. We can do that. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. 
not surrendering my all, my all. I'm surrendered to the King.